You guys know what that sound is. That's Creep Cottage's theme song, which means... We're back, baby. It's time for Creep Cottage, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> it's time. It is time. Time to get spooky. Time to get a little weird with it once again. Uh, so welcome back to Creep Cottage. For those of you who are new here, I'm Oliver. With me is my co-host. Rain. And uh, we like talking about weird, paranormal, scary stuff. Spooky shit. So Trippy shit. Uh, just to remind you folks, this is our first phase, which will be 10 episodes. So that we, for this phase, we're going to be talking about space and time. Space, space and, and time. time. Space, space and, and time. time. Space, space and time. time. And then for our next season, we're going to be talking about true crime. And we'll get back to that at the end of the episode. But for now, uh, we're going to leave it there. I want you guys to picture this with me. <laughs> I like I like that you start off with an imaginative yeah. opening. So journey back with me, folks. Picture this. It's 1985. Can you picture it? I wasn't alive. I was just a thought. <laughs> Well, the British I imagine there was a lot of cocaine. Oh, for sure. Uh, so a lot of tabloids at this point had gotten a hold and caught wind of a story in the UK. Everyone knows all the weird shit happens in the UK. It, honestly. They, they got that weird fucked up teeth. <laughs> rough. I was it's a little on the rough side. Yeah, it is a rough. It is a rough world out there. They're so sad. Who? The the Brits? The UK, yeah. All of them? Yeah. It is pretty bleak out there. Yeah. Not a day of sunshine. Well. Not a day of sunshine. Don't argue with a me. A single day. Not a single day. Maybe they, maybe they don't know what the sun looks like. <laughs> maybe them in Alaska should do like a Freaky Friday kind of thing. Alaska is the day of sun. They are. They got to stay hell of sun. They're tired of sun. The uh, Brits want more. They should do like a. They should do a freaky program. <laughs> just between the two of them. Yeah, just between. No one else is allowed. You guys don't understand the sun's consequences like we do. Well, what about the that place in like Iceland or Finland where like the sun is around for like twenty four hours a day? You could also have those people in there. I guess do whatever you want. This Why is, can't they be included? They got weird sun shit. They, they can deal with the sun. They can. Okay. That's what I said. Yeah, but you just seem so passag about it. <laughs> because we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're talking about Alaska. We're talking fucking... about how this story brought together one of the <laughs> strangest assortment of experiences. Your story. Yeah. Yeah. This story has phantom feet prints, eerie messages that are typed on a computer. Ooh. And later on paper, eventually. Ooh. And a possible rip in the space-time continu- continuum. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack. The collection of these stories are named appropriately after the village that they come from, the Doddleston Messages. These are the Doddleston Messages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to begin in the 1980s with Ken Webster. This is our main character, our MC, if you will. So our Ken, Spider-Man. Yeah, he's our Peter Parker. Yeah. Ken kind of does give me Peter Parker energy, and you'll, you'll see in a, in a minute. 
So uh, Ken moved into his family lodge, a place called Meadow Cottage. So he moved in with his girlfriend, Debbie Oaks, and then their friend is like, I think like a guest at the house, like maybe paying rent. I didn't get a whole lot of details on this guy. but They're a thruple. Maybe. They be fucking. His name is Nick, but... All guys like named Nick be fucking. <laughs> well, his it's short for Nicola, and his last name is Bagley. So, Nicola Bagley. Is it 1847? What? Is it 1847? That's just like an old-timey-ass name. 18, 1980. I know. I know it's 1980, but I'm saying, is he from 1847? Because he's got an old-ass time. I'd be name. surprised that he's alive this long to share a cabin with some young couple. <laughs> he's immortal. He is, and he forever will be Nicola Bagley. Yeah. What a <laughs> shitty-ass name. Nick. I see why this he, immortal being goes by, by Nick. Nick. <laughs> so... Uh, I feel like Ken was pretty excited to take a step into history, but he was not expecting to also talk to it. Dun dun. That is some pretty poetic shit right there. Uh, copy, paste, trademark that shit. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) so he began working at a local school as a teacher, right? And, uh, I can't remember what he was teaching. Possibly something around that. Some computer science stuff. But anyway, so uh, he had to borrow the computer from the, the student science lab, the computer lab at school. So he would take this uh, BBC micro computer from the school's computer lab on the weekends. He would take it home with him so he could do his work. And I don't know... I don't know how good your uh, perception of time is like concerning technology, but this is like a rare commodity. So having one in your house like isn't really a thing just yet. Yeah. So that's why he had to like borrow it from the school and use it for work that way. Yeah. Bathed in the eerie glow of the green cursor late one night, Debbie and Nick approached their shared home. Ken kept on working in the luminescent green glow emanating from the screen. The roommates flooded in, and the three of them went to bed late after catching up with each other. Ken slumped over to his computer to shut it off before bed, and that's when he noticed the first message. So on the computer, it says, quote, True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. Unquote. The fuck? Kind of a weird thing to leave on someone's computer. Yeah. Uh, What do you take away from it? Nick's getting into poetry. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Nick's slamming Bars. Yeah, Nick's slamming bars and is embarrassed to say that he's slamming He's bars. like, guys, I know it's only 1985, but I would love to be a he's music He's into that producer. cyberpunk aesthetic, so he wanted to see it written on the computer. <laughs> he's like, dude, my my lyrics are fucking bars. Yeah, bars. Bars. He's rapping that shit. Two were the nightmares of a person that fears. 
Sick. I'm gonna make a song that's just that poem. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pussycat pussycat went to London. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. To seek fame and fortune, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I gotta fuck with this rapper. Someone should make this into like a like an EDM the Donaldson or, rap. Yeah, the Donaldson message rap. Yeah. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, so this strange poem is the first in a long line of what would come to be known as, in the paranormal community, the Donaldson messages. So Webster details, or, or Ken. We're going to stick with Ken. Cool. We, we know, we, we're we friends. We know him on a first-name basis. <laughs> yeah, Ken Ken's pretty chill. I think he'll be, I think he'll be chill with it. So, <laughs> yeah, he'll uh, be chill with it. Ken details in his novel that he wrote called The Vertical Plane, colon, the mystery of the Donaldson messages. So he wrote this book uh, about his experiences in that cottage. In the in the novel, he he details how early the strange occurrences began in the home. So one of the first extremely noticeable changes was the footprints, spindly six-toed footprints, climbing up and down the walls, floor, and ceiling of the home. So they just came home one day and there are these, I think they start on the porch steps. So these footprints, like these black, dark, like sooty footprints lead all the way into the house. And then it's like someone just like walked up the wall, did like some circles on the ceiling, climbing back down, went into the bathroom, went up the ceiling of the bathroom, climbed across the mirror. Like the whole house was like that. Is that super crazy? So they washed away as much as they could, uh, but it was pretty difficult. This must be some sort of a joke. Kent stood in awe, jaw wide open. Nick dabbed the wall with another coating of paint. It was just a stupid prank and a nuisance to get rid of, but at least that's all it was, right? Debbie leaned forward to dip her paintbrush in again inside. The footprints were pretty much almost painted over at that point, and the gang had gone to bed. Next morning arrives, and so does a strange surprise. The roommates wake up to find the footprints back, exactly in the same spots. The six toed prints, one by one, trailing after another like a domino effect. No matter how many coats of paint they applied, the footprints stayed. They would always reappear and come back the day after. What the fuck? That's fucked. Dude, that's weird. That's super weird. I wouldn't even know how to feel. What would you do if you just had footprints in your house that just like want to stop showing up? I would move. Even though it's a super nice cottage. Maybe I can <laughs> fuck with a ghost. <laughs> Roommate. There is a actually when I was a kid, there was a story that I saw in Ripley's Believe It or Not book in elementary school. There was this face that showed up in this lady's kitchen. Uh, like on the floor, on the tile. And she tried washing it away and it wouldn't leave. So then she like ended up stripping the vinyl off of it and it was underneath on the brick, on the cement too. So then she ended up like breaking through the rock and there's a whole graveyard down there underneath her house. And there was like a corpse like directly underneath. And she found a picture of the guy and it looked a lot like the face that was on her floor before she broke through. 
but yeah, those are the only two instances that I can think of where there's like a print that won't leave or something. Well, I guess there's a hotel in California that has a handprint on the wall that can't be washed away. Uh, but outside of that, I think those are the only cases that I know of where there's some sort of print that won't leave. Weird. So, yeah, pretty weird. So shortly after the events of the footprints, Debbie, Nick, and Ken all routinely found various bottles and cat food cans stacked in a pyramid around the house. Uh, they soon chalked it up to a silly neighborly prank and continued on, which is crazy. Yeah. Who does that? It's the 80s, dude, but don't don't just be cool with people coming to you, coming into your house. Yeah. <laughs> I would be pissed. Yeah, dude. I'd be like, dude, stop stacking my cat food into pyramids. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. I'm doing stuff, man. I got a job and you just, I got other shit to do than unstack this you're cat. You're fucking food. everything up, George. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the neighbor. It's always the neighbor. It's the 80s HOA freak. Yeah. They just kind of laughed it off, but two months Who after Who just laughs that shit off? I, Ken. <laughs> Ken does. Dude, we've gotta have a we've gotta have a huge stereotype of like, hey guys, if you're ever in the situation, don't be like Ken. Yeah, don't be like Ken. Ken's gonna be our scapegoat for everything. Yeah. I think that'd be I think that'd be pretty funny. Like, oh my god, dude, he kenned it. He kenned that shit. He kenned that shit so hard. Yeah. Like someone's like, I heard eerie noises in a bar, so I checked it out. We're like, oh my god, what are you, Ken? (laughs) You Ken? Stupid. Yeah, so they just laughed it off. Uh, Total Ken move. Yeah, absolute Ken of him. (laughs) So two months after the initial message, uh, the three of them come home from a drive to find a mysterious computer file, all caps, titled REATE, as in CREATE without the C. Okay. Within the file was another message spelled and grammatically scored very strangely, as if from another era. So I have the true quote right here, and then I have kind of a summarized translation for you. Okay. okay? So first I want to point out the spelling. So the first sentence says, I write on behalf of many. Write is spelled W-R-Y-T-E. And so a lot of the words in this quote are spelled with extra E's, Y's instead of I's, and things like that. Okay. So the true quote goes, I write on behalf of many, what strange words thou speak, although I must confess that I have also been ill-schooled. Some th- sometimes methinks alterations are somewhat barful, for they break man asleep in mine bed. Thou art goodly man, who hath fanciful woman, who dwell in mine home. I hath no want to affray, for on lie scythe, mine half witted antic has ripped a twain, mine bound hath, I've been wreathed a night. I hath seen many alterations, lastly charge house and thou home, tis a fitting place. With lights which make de- which devil maketh, and costly things that only mine friend Edmund Gray can afford, or the king himself. Twas a great crime to have bribed mine house. Signed L.W. So that's the real message that was left on the computer. 
the kind of abridged translator version says, I write on behalf of many. What strange words you speak. You are a worthy good man who has a fanciful woman and you live in my house. So you dwell in my home with lights, which the devil makes. It was a great crime to have stolen slash bribed my house. So that's kind of what the message means as far as they can figure. So spooked, Ken took the device back to work and showed it to a colleague, Peter Trinder. He's another teacher of the middle, uh, who taught about the middle ages. So according to Ken, Trinder was convinced the letter was written in old English. The group posed the idea that devil lights was referring to the computer. So the sender revealed his name later in the messages to be Lucas. He claimed to be an inhabitant of the same cottage, but with one catch. That he lives there, but back in the year 1521. Hmm. So we got some time. Some time fuckery. Yeah. Uh, so this is where the Donaldson messages get really complicated. So, as we've already determined, there's multiple aspects that are uh, playing at once in this mystery with the footprints and the moving of items in the house and now these messages about time travel communication, right? Yeah. So there's like a wide variety of weird things happening. So the year 1521 is when Lucas claims to be living currently. Yeah. And he's somehow communicating into the future into 1984, I think. 84, 85. An astute student of the 16th and 17th century writing points details the unique nature of LW's later revealed as Lucas' messages. Quote, Lucas's messages are written in archaic English with old-fashioned spellings and vocabulary and dialect from the time and region, he says. And this is a quote from the article that I got this from, which we'll link below. But Lucas initially thought that Ken, Nick, and Debbie were all devils or ghosts after experiencing multiple paranormal and unexplainable things in the home. For over 18 months, Ken messages back and forth with this entity, Lucas, interviewing each other and trying to find out more. And according to that guy points, quote, Lucas is suspicious about Ken and, Deb and Debbie's motives. He deliberately lays traps for them to see if they are really from the future. In his time, there was no Jesus College in Oxford. It was founded in 1571. So he thinks that anyone from the future would know he has given what from his perspective is obviously false information. His real name emerges later as Thomas Harden or Howarden. Someone of this name did exist and was vicar of a church in Gloucestershire, I think, in the 1550s. Hmm. So that's a little spooky. Yeah. That there's quite a bit of truth behind this. Like uh like factually checked. If this is a hoax, someone did their homework. Yeah. You know. As the messages continued, it was clear to see that Thomas had the ability to see and hear a few things going on in the future version of Meadow Cottage. He commented on a picture of a Jaguar car in these messages, saying, quote, I have found your picture of your cart, but it is a crude thing, for without the horse, it won't go far, 
unquote. <laughs> Things already may seem messy. The time-traveling communication with a poltergeist-like oddity and creepy animal footprints. And if that already sounds wild to you, it only gets stranger. Lucas, now known to be Thomas, is puzzled to hear that Ken and his friends were from the year 1985, saying, quote, I thought you were also from 2109, like your friend who brought the box of lights, pray, unquote. Thomas was convinced that he spoke to a third party of individuals from the year 2109. More players had entered the game and Ken was determined to get to the bottom of this. He sends a message to 2109, they referring to themselves in the third person, singular pronoun, and receives this message in return. Quote, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God whatever he is." Unquote. <laughs> Things have changed forever now. The third party of 2109 stay in contact, feeding messages of them doing a similar science experiment for a greater purpose. 2109 is vague and withholds a lot of their true agendas from Debbie and Ken. Actively, 2109 finds themselves irritated with Debbie and Ken when, for example, learning Lucas's real name. So the 2109 in fear that the knowledge of Lucas's real name being Thomas could cost them their science experiment and ruin their future plans. Uh, that's really all they told us. And that's like the extent of what that means to them that we know of. But I just thought that was really weird. Like, oh, wait, his name's Thomas. Why the f dude? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like getting super like actually maybe they pissed. thought he was someone else. His name's not Luke. Dude, we've been following the wrong guy. Fuck. Damn. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> that would be pretty funny, though. I'd love to see some of the Donaldson messages where they're just, like, roasting them. Like, kind of, like, chewing them out for, dude, why the fuck would you tell me that? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so pissed. funny. Yeah, I mean, we already know how Gen Z talks when they're mad. I can only imagine how devolved that sounds at 2109. Dude! Oh! You literally... I told you, dog! Fuck. Oh! <laughs> I hate it when you ruin it! Fuck. Oh. Too many questions were being left unanswered, and Ken was having none of that shit. So he hired a paranormal team of experts, the Society for Physical Research. Sounds lame, I know. <laughs> and you would be 100% right. That sounds hella lame. It's the stupidest name I've ever heard for... Well, I don't know. I've heard it is, names. It's definitely up there. It's a pretty stupid name. But they're also pretty stupid people behind that name. Because three times the researchers came and three times they left with zero answers. Thanks, buddies. Yeah. The fuck was the point of that, dude? Pointless. Bitch. Eventually, a final message from Thomas explained that he was being evicted from his home and had to flee, but that he would leave something behind on the property for them. 
this being a novel written in his hand about his first-hand experience from his perspective. Ken has searched tirelessly for this book, but has never had any luck finding this crucial piece of evidence. Damn. So Ken, again, wrote a book called The Vertical Plane, colon, The Mysteries of the mystery of the Donaldson messages. Whack. So if you guys want to read more about this experience mm-hmm. and find out what else has happened, there's a lot. It's pretty cool. It's insane. There's a lot of really weird things that have happened today. There's a large controversy as to whether this is a hoax or not. This is kind of like another Amityville. Mm. Uh, did this really happen or not? Uh, if it was a hoax again, I would be thoroughly impressed. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. It's impressive hoax. Uh, again, really did their homework and everything. And there's, what if the footprints and the time travel shit are unrelated? If they just got like a double, they just up? got a twofer. Yeah, they got double whammyed. Yeah, they got some paranormal shit going on and then some time travel shit going on. <laughs> That'd be some pretty crazy coincidence. I mean, has that ever happened before? Where people got like double slammed? I I assume so. I assume getting double whammyed is common, but not. Not like super common, common yeah. enough that it happens, but not common enough that it happens often. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be my assumption. So what if they're just like haunted by the devil or some shit and that's walking on their walls? <laughs> devil lights. Devil feet. Devil. F- what that foot do? What do that six toed foot do? He should be selling pics online. Brother. Got that sooty, disgusting six-toed foot. It gives Make a hella foot jobs. Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hella greasy toes and shit. Yeah, man. People. Extra finger. Do you think an extra finger would make a hand job slash foot job better or worse? It depends which finger it is, I think. If it's another thumb, then possibly. That's very true. It's more... I feel like it's more flexible than other fingers, so... A thumb? Yeah, it has more range of motion. Yeah, I guess your finger can only go like up and down, whereas your thumb yeah. is like, woo! So, Ken Webster is still studying this today. He's alive? He do be kicking. And he's still on this. He just recently, this. in the last Get couple a new of hobby. years. Get <laughs> Yeah. In 2021, he released his second edition of the Donaldson message book, the vertical plane. No one asked. It's like an updated version, tight. but I kind of want it. Okay. The so cover art does look pretty <laughs> fucking tight. And that sounds like the story is just like really interesting. And I want to know way more. And the internet sucks. <laughs> the, the internet, internet does, does suck. not. The internet does not have a whole lot of info on this. Of the second book. No, it's the same book, just updated. Oh. Yeah, it's the second edition. But yeah, that is the episode for today, really. That was the Donaldson messages. Lots of uh, lots of weird things to consider. Yeah. I mean... Is double whammy a possibility? I think so. I definitely think so. And I, I definitely think this could just be a famous incident of a double whammy. Yeah. I, so you do agree that you think that the like the footprints and the time travel shit are unrelated? I think I think it would make the most sense if they weren't. Yeah. I think in my head the dots connect easier thinking that way. Yeah. I don't know that to be true, but it would make more sense in my opinion. Uh, that's why one of them is 
fucking with them and stacking cat food. Yeah. And then the other one's like, are you the devil? No. Are you? No. You want to be Facebook friends? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it seems like totally different energy. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. These fucking footprints won't leave. He's like, dude, someone's kicking me out of my house. I got to (laughs) go. Fuck. Ah. Damn. Dude, hey, if you find my LinkedIn, hit me up. Like, I'd love to stay in touch sometime. And then he runs out of his house. They're MySpace friends. They are MySpace friends. Yeah. They're, they are. Do you think the 2109 posts, like, pictures of their lunch and shit on MySpace? Yeah, dude. They're the Instagrammers that, like, wear sunglasses out in the open everywhere and take pictures of their food. Yeah. Every single selfie has sunglasses, and there's big, always... fat, chunky Elton John style sunglasses. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, the time travel thing, like you said, I feel like it's disjointed from the actual story, like concerning the the creepy stuff. Yeah, I feel like concerning the computer itself. Uh, I feel like technology is a really weird uh, factor when it comes to the paranormal or the timeline. The way that like ghosts and things communicate with the living is really weird. They find really strange ways to do it. So, yeah, there's lots of stories of like ghosts speaking through mediums like mirror, like when it's foggy and it like writes in the mirror, like that stereotypical thing. So the same goes with technology, like talking through the computer or like there have been instances of ghosts talking through, um, like cell phones, like ghosts, uh, like ghost contact cards that they text with for like years on end. And then turns out to be some dead person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, like I was saying, like the the telegraph, people have spoken with the dead on detached telegraphs before. So, yeah, lots of really weird instances of just like using technology. It's interesting to see how the rules change and like bend around. Yeah. Um, I don't ever have like a certain stance on anything because I feel like everything is too fluid. Like there aren't any certain rules to anything. Mm. Like you can see a ghost... Uh, where they died, where they were born, at their grave site, and, like, why does it pick certain spots over the other? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I can see them, like, they died at 90, but then I could see their ghost version of themselves from when they were 16. Yeah. Right? Why does it do that? Why does it... People always interpret or see paranormal things differently than others. Yeah. So... Um, some people will have like the same experience all at once. Like we all saw the same ghost of the same person in the same place. Right. Yeah. So there's confirmation that the ghost does act that way. That is like where people see the ghost and whatever. Yeah. Right. So what is it that like trumps one another? What is it that connects? I think the it's spirit- whatever is like most spiritually important to like the person who died. Right. And you can theorize all day. Right. And I think that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of what I lean towards, too, is like what had the most meaning in their life, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. You know, but in this instance, um, it's I feel like it's the opposite. Like I have so many questions, like what would cause 
this communication to just open up. Yeah. You know? The other thing that I wanted to talk about specifically technology wise is that TikTok account you and I found about <clears throat> the cell phone. So I think we may have mentioned this already. Did we? I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, Rain and I found a TikTok. Maybe on the Bernstein Bears episode. Maybe. Yeah. On the Mandala effect episode. Yeah. So I found a TikTok account that I shared with Rain where this guy has a really shitty old phone, like old phone. It's still a camera phone, but it's terrible quality. Uh, and it, it like the screen on the phone itself even has like the ink spots because like the screen is cracked. Yeah. But so this guy shows uh, the Mandela effect, the Mandela effect in real time. So through the camera of this phone, he will wave his hand in front of the camera and like show you like this is real time footage that he's recording on his phone. And then he will pull out a Berenstein Bears book and show you the spelling of this time, this uh, this reality. Right. Yeah. And then he will hover the phone over the Berenstein bear spelling and it'll revert back to what people remember with the Mandela effect specifically. Yeah. So that was super weird. And we saw a bunch that freaked us out. Yeah. The Lilo and stitch one absolutely killed me. Uh, maybe. So we're going to like put posts and stuff with our episodes as they come out. Yeah. So when this one comes out, we will add a snippet of that Lilo and stitch one because that one freaked us out. That one, I that one really got us. Yeah. We had to go watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So maybe we'll post that snippet of Lilo and Stitch in there. But with this with this uh, story of the Donaldson messages, like it's it's the same thing. Like this piece of technology is somehow a medium to connect everything. Yeah, through time, like a, just another piece of technology that is somehow fucking with time, like inadvertently like it's just a normal piece of technology that now suddenly has the ability to peek through the curtain or talk through the curtain like that's crazy yeah i think that's super crazy but that's all the time we have for today sadly i could go on forever about this topic but the donaldson messages they're out there whether they're true or not ask yourself the question does it matter to you you know what goes on forever? The Donaldson message. <laughs> space. <laughs> and time. Space and time. Space and time. Space and time. Uh, our next episode, I'm pretty excited because we'll be doing Battle of the Beasts. Woo! It'll be our first Battle of the Beasts slash bonus episode on this podcast. It is going to be slightly different from how we described it in our introduction, but we will get into the details when we get to that episode. So that'll be next time. Yeah. I'm super excited for that. The next phase again is going to be about true crime. Uh, And we're bringing this up again now, just so that you guys have some prep uh, for whether or not like that's something you're into. And then secondly, for our email, uh, twistedmanner.sub, that's S-U-B at gmail.com. So if you guys want to email us about suggestions or topics to look up, then you can do that. Yeah. And that's it. That's it for Creep Cottage today. So thank you guys so much for listening. I've been your host, Oliver, and with me, Rain. And it's been awesome to have you guys here. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Battle of the Beast coming up. We'll see you guys then. Peace out. Stay spooky. 
Stay spooky.